the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Most people know by now that yesterday was kind of a big day. I don't know if you're a CNN and MSNBC. I don't know if you're a Bloomberg. I don't know where you get your news. But House Speaker Nancy Pelosi formally announced an official impeachment inquiry of President Trump for abuse of power. I was talking to someone about it yesterday and... Um, they're like, what do you think? I'm not going to get too much into it. There's other people that are doing that right now. But the market seems unfazed. That's interesting to me. Yesterday, as the news was starting to come out, the market seemed pretty upset. But that it had a time to go home, the market did. Have a gin and tonic. Get a little shoulder rub from the spouse. The market came back today and was like, not too shabby. It's okay. We can deal with this. It's too early for the market to get itself worked up. When the headlines are heavy, but the tradable facts are uh, very light. So it may get a little bit more bumpy, but not till we get some hardcore facts. Will it get upsetting? Either positive or negative. So the focal point right now is the declassified non-redacted transcript of President Trump's call with Ukrainian President Zelensky. No special time has been given exactly on that. So, but a lot of people think it's going to be a market-moving release. And then when, when they actually get to see the complaint of the quote-unquote whistleblower, that can be a fairly big market mover. Now, in theory, the president's distracted. That's what, that's one of the things you have to get out of this. That he won't be able to be working on economic agenda for the United States as much, in theory. Same thing with Congress. They've got a lot of their um, committees focused primarily on the word impeachment and what can we do with it. Will this inquiry into Trump push President Trump to get a deal done with China on the assumption that it would boost the stock market and his political standing? You would think maybe, but maybe not. Will China refrain from striking a deal thinking that you know there will be a leadership change in 2020, either through popular vote, electoral college, I shouldn't just say popular vote because that doesn't always work out that way. Um, but you get the idea where I go on that, that. Or do you want the... I heard one pundit yesterday say something that's pretty smart. He goes, we don't really want an impeachment because that's just, it it plays into the conspiracy theories of Trump's base. 
of voters. But if you can get him voted out, if you can get states to say, we don't want you, that's more of a condemnation of a man than, say, uh, impeachment. I thought that was kind of an interesting way of putting it. I don't know where I go with this, but it is what it is. Nike and CentOS delivered some encouraging quarterly results. Nike went out of the way to say, look, we're doing this tariff thing. We're doing it in stride. We, we got it. Just do it. Uh, so Nike's having a good day. I own shares of Nike. I've owned shares of Nike for a long time. Um, I hope to own shares of Nike for a long time. Uh, maybe that changes. Maybe it doesn't. There's always other players that come in. Companies like Skechers and Adidas. And sometimes there's, there's real players and sometimes there's kind of faux players that kind of come and go. Um, but Nike is a company to me that was around when I was a kid. And they're one of the very few companies that their brand is so big to me. When I say Nike, you know what I'm talking about, right? You could like almost play that game. Like if anyone wants to play with me, call. I'll say Nike and you could say Apple. I'll say Microsoft. And when we get to a brand that like doesn't instantly resonate, you lose. So those kind of investments sometimes aren't the worst things in the world. When you're investing, the brand has some value. But, seeing that I can't just say that and walk away, um, sometimes brands can lose their luster. Just ask Warren Buffett buying Kraft Heinz. I grew up thinking Heinz 57, the anticipation ketchup was the only ketchup to have, and then if you had Safeway ketchup or Whole Foods, it was less quality, right? I wanted the brand. I was sold on that. I can't believe I actually have... Uh, how, do, how does one say this? How easily I was marketed to as a kid, I think is the right way of saying it, and just be over it. So, Nike, really good quarter. Um, again, consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned. Uh, good brand, I guess is what I was trying to get at with that. So that's a $92 stock. Last week it was an $82 stock. And it's one of the ones that an analyst said, buy. And I, I told you about that analyst commentary. And it is what it is, I suppose. So all-time high today. Worthy of note. Um, the stock market that's hitting all-time high. Sometimes we look around and we go, why isn't that company at all-time high? Take, for instance... AT&T, and then you start seeing activist shareholders kind of coming in and saying, well, we can work on this. 800 to get your calls on the air. Best Buy is reiterating its 2020 revenue guidance for 43 to $43.5 billion, essentially. Reiterating guidance is kind of a... a it's not the end-all, be-all, but it's kind of nice. Analysts don't get nervous. They're like, okay, okay. So we got our revenue numbers kind of still good. You know, let's see our margins. We expect how many TVs sold. We expect how many contracts and service deals sold. Fatter margins. Uh, so it gives the analysts uh, info to work with. Weekly mortgage applications declined 10% on the back of higher mortgage rates. Look, I think the housing market has somewhat played out. Let's just talk for a second. I'm not saying it's played out. But as... 
I'm not forming any more houses right now. It's going to be until my kids get older, 10 more years, 15, 20, until they start forming their own households. Uh, so sometimes it, it slows down. And I've refinanced every mortgage that I have to levels that I don't think I could ever get a better rate. So I'm not going to be in the mortgage shopping market anytime soon. But that could change. Maybe I win the lottery or something, you know. New home sales activity in August are out. New homes obviously plays directly into not old homes, (laughs) as the obvious would sound. But companies like KB Homes, ticker symbol KBH and Lennar, ticker symbol L-E-N, they kind of have a play with all of this. You can find out more at robblackshow.com. It's robblackshow.com. I got a lot of good downloadables at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't be shy with your questions. I have a Facebook page called I Hate Rob Black or Cron 4 Rob Black. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Now, certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Joining me now, CFP Chad Burton, talking a little real estate. Recently, we've seen real estate go through kind of a roller coaster action of way, 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 way up, way, way, way down, and where we go from here based on lower interest rates and you know supply and demand issues and how many people move into the country, don't, home builders building, not building. There's a lot to think about. Basic thoughts, concepts on real estate. Well, I mean, I love it as an asset class okay. if it's done the right way. I mean, you 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 accumulate assets um, kind of as you grow up financially. And when you look to start getting into real estate, because real estate is leveraging, so it has a bit more risk. It's a it's an asset that's not as easy to sell as a stock or a bond or a mutual fund. So you have to be financially prepared to do it. So if you're going to get into real estate, I think it's great when you get into positive cash flow properties, but you have to take a couple of steps, and that's making sure you have your emergency reserves. Yep. You make sure that you're able to max out your 401k and fund a Roth IRA if those options are available to you. But in addition to that, you have to make sure that before you get into real estate, you save up at least a year's worth of your income in taxable accounts and just your brokerage accounts, whether it's index funds, mutual funds, individual stocks, if that's what your game is, so that you have an asset base to fund a bad case scenario in real estate. Because you need it to put a certain amount down. I like people, when they, if they can put 20 30% down on a 30-year loan, get a rental property, and still have positive cash flow, and that means you know having a good property manager. I think it's key if you're a busy person that's sure. working or has a business. Have a good property manager. But if you can sell it up with positive cash flow, it's a great asset that somebody else is paying off for you. That's how real estate can keep up with stocks in the long run is because of the leveraging. On its own, the prices, it won't. But with positive cash flow and the leverage of the loan, it can be a very, very good asset in the long run. Um, I hate, I don't like the condo thing. I mean, gosh, cause you never really own it. You have assessment fees. Um, it's always a cash outflow rather than something that's eventually paid off and yeah. positive income by the time you get to retirement. Um, the problem that, you know, the big mistake people used to make is they think, Oh, I'll invest in real estate. And I'll write off that loss against my ordinary income. But once you make over a certain amount, you can't even take that loss. It's a, it's suspended until you eventually sell the property. And then all it does is offset your gains. 
So higher income earners don't get as much current tax break from the rental properties. And back to your comment on condos and townhouses, homeowners association fees typically go up, not every year, but typically go up on a regular basis. So the cost of that property always is going up on you. And I don't like townhouses or condos because you're living right next to someone. No, and you buy in and you check for well, are there potential assessment fees, but in a couple of years, you know they may want to repaint the condo, a color you might not vote for. Um, they might have to do a roof. You know, the, there's all sorts of things that can happen that you're not in control of. And what if you don't like your neighbors that move in right on your same wall? Yeah, or you're it's, they're really you know, loud, they're really smelly. They've got a dog that barks all night long. If if you're miserable in it, too, you have a, such a small audience to resell to yeah. in terms of older people or younger people just starting out. That middle family that has two or three kids is not going to buy. So I tend to like single-family homes, mm-hmm. much like you're saying. You know, Again, we're not against townhouses and condos. We just think you can help yourself by avoiding them as, quote-unquote, an investment. Um, if Now, if again, it's a luxury market like San Francisco or Honolulu, condos and townhouses are totally acceptable if it's that but if it's stockton or sacramento i would avoid yeah so go for the single family homes now the single family homes the number one thing that i think drives single family homes in the bay area in most areas around the country is um school systems school districts right well that's one of the reasons why i'm a northwest investor i mean you can be a successful bay area investor if you have a lot more money to do it with if you're doing a higher end single family rental properties but you're typically paying well over seven hundred thousand to get those types of good homes to get the good renters yep so you can do the same type of a thing in the Northwest, but you know I I know that area well, and I'm there all the time. So to me, that's not an issue. If you're going to look outside of the California to do it, um, then you need to make sure you have people you know in that area, or you know that area really well. Otherwise, yeah. don't. A lot of people in California bought in Phoenix and bought in Vegas because it was the only thing they could afford, or they bought in Stockton or Sacramento because the only thing they could afford, and it was a huge mistake. Uh, those were, you know, amateur rookie mistakes, per se. Um, I bought a house that is on a great street in a great school district, knowing that some woman, some wife will eventually go, honey, I want our kids to live on the street and go to this school. It's the best school in the area. Yeah. So, like, I'm thinking of who's going to buy my house. Not will I enjoy it or not? Of course I'll enjoy it. But I'm always thinking about, is it resellable? And, yeah, yeah, you look for nice single-family homes on a cul-de-sac with good school districts. That's beautiful. Sidewalks. That's good stuff. College maybe nearby. Colleges nearby, hospitals nearby, always important because you always have people who want to be close to work. Yep. And especially now with the, all of the changes with the Affordable Care Act and everything else, if you're investing near hospitals, you should probably know the health of that hospital because you know the way that the hospitals are being run is different, and you're seeing um, there there has been some areas even around... Uh, Southern California, where the areas right around hospitals that could be going, you know, could be out of business, right. that those areas have been depressed pockets of real estate right around. It is that discouraging hospital. to think about hospitals going out of, out of business. Like that's one industry that always seems to thrive and should be thriving, and yet you're right, it is a business model. Yeah. To, yeah. Thanks very much. That's CFP Chad Burton. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. CEO of Jewel Labs has been ousted. The e-cigarette company has suspended advertising. It remains embroiled in a case over its vaping products. The United States government doesn't seem to like vaping at this point in time, and it went from zero to 60 fast with state attorney generals following suit. So Jewel is going to suspend its broadcast print and digital ads as they're trying to refrain from 
getting into bigger problems. Federal and state investigators are focused on bait cartridges that likely contain contaminated THC. That's the psychoactive ingredient in marijuana. 530 people have had cases of vaping-related lung illnesses. One thing about our FDA and our drug system is it's fairly clean. You can kind of trust it. I don't know if I'd be buying vaping cartridges from Mexico or India or China, if you know what I mean, if it doesn't have a brand behind it. And the brand of Juul is saying we're getting out of marketing because something bad is happening with states and federal government against us. Interesting, right? They are the brand of vaping, I would say. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find CFP, Chad Burton, and myself at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. So, impeachment. Let's talk about it. I teased it. I should deliver. Yesterday, uh, it kind of got dramatic. If you, I, I read... Just tons of newspapers. And, you know, my focus yesterday from 2 p.m. until about 10 p.m. was on impeachment. A lot of what I do isn't just this short time that I'm in front of the microphone the hour before it or the hour after it. A lot of what I do is throughout the day and the night. So instantly, I knew that your question today would be, what does impeachment mean for me? You don't care about your neighbor. You don't care about... Your uncle, you don't care about the state, the country. You care about your 401k. Now, I'm not ever going to go on Fox News, CNN, CNBC, or anything like that and talk about president policy. I'd love to talk about economic policy and what I would do to change the world, but not necessarily my shtick. So the focus on the stock market, we don't have a lot of examples in history to go by. With impeachment, and if you think about it for uno momento, that's Spanish for one moment, um, Wall Street's all about comparing things. If you compare Intel to AMD, it's not a great comparison like it used to be, because AMD bought ATI graphics. Uh, graphic processing units used to compete with NVIDIA. But you get the idea that you know Nike versus Adidas, Walmart versus Kmart. You get the comparison, right? I There might have been a time where I liked Kmart more than I liked Walmart. And then there might have been a time where I liked Walmart, well, Amazon, right? So if we go by history, and we're trying to study and compare, Andrew Johnson was impeached, but not convicted, in 1868. Now, there is stock market data going back then, but ye old golden bearish days are long gone. I can't say that's a modern example. Then we get to Richard Nixon, who impeachment proceedings started against him, but ended after he resigned. Really, the only one that we're going to get to today is Bill Clinton. He was impeached in 1998, but he was acquitted in 1999. So there's two that we could kind of draw off here, Clinton's and Nixon's. Nixon, you could start saying when the impeachment inquiry started versus ends with when he resigns. And you could do the same with, same thing with Clinton. 
On February 6, 1974, while the impeachment proceedings against Nixon formally began and started marching forward, to just August of that year, so February, March, April, May, June, July, August, six months roughly, the S&P 500 dropped 13%. And that's when you go, dun, dun, dun. That's bad news. That's drama. 13% in six months. It's going to only take a couple years for us to go to zero at that point. He's awake. Impeachment, clearly bad for the stock market, right? Except for, at the start of Clinton's impeachment, January 1998, through his acquittal in February 1999, so a sample size of about a year plus a month, the S P 500 gained 28%. Like, that's a winner. So we like impeachment. Impeachment's good. But I just gave you an example with Nixon where it was kind of bad for that period of time. There was a 20% drop in Clinton's year, though. In one year, the market went up 28%. But during that year, it went down 20%. Was it because some sort of revelation about something, some sort of biological stain on a dress that caused the market to go lower? 20%? No. It's because a company, a hedge fund company called Long-Term Capital Management, basically imploded. And billions and billions and billions of dollars had to be unwound from the stock market to cover their losses. So clearly impeachment's good for the stock market if you take out that long-term capital management flub. Because we were up 28% in 13 months. I would 28% for 13 months? I'd cut off my hand and down the toilet for you. Can I pause? There you go. So, now here's the kicker, though. Like, the 70s had a different economy than the 90s. The 90s has a different economy. What are we at? The 20s again? The roaring tw- 2020s? Wow, that's just weird to say. So, the stocks made it through the Clinton impeachment pretty much unscathed. But they also had, like, the dot-com era behind them. During the Nixon impeachment and his resignation, it was a different economy. Oil was much more of a problem in the United States. Technology wasn't really there. Productivity gains didn't leap out of the 60s into the 70s. So it's going to be tough to say what we can definitively expect. I would say today the stock market is telling us, I think we're going to get through this. We don't know where it goes. I don't. I certainly don't know where it goes. I know that a lot of stuff feels like it's going to get red acted, which will we ever know the truth? I know a lot of bluster is going to come out of it. So with regards to impeachment, whatever ultimately happens regarding President Donald Trump, the Democratic controlled House and the GOP controlled Senate is anyone's guess. What I would rather you do is don't pay attention to the Washington headlines because I find them discouraging. I grew up with a mom and dad and four older brothers who we were as America as it gets in the sense that my dad was in the military. So there was obviously a 4th of July patriotic thing going through the family. But we're also coming out of World War II with my father and mother kind of got to see the pageantry of the United States and basically it's glorious economic expansion. 
And my parents were at a picnic the day that Kennedy got shot and assassinated, and they were eating hot dogs at a picnic. They never ate hot dogs again. They threw them up that day, and they never ate hot dogs again. That's how powerful of a, a moment it is in American history. Um, it's discouraging to see what's happening right now. But my advice to you, if you want to get through this period of time, and this goes for one of my best friends in the industry, that, and I want to, I want to curse right now, that mother, blah, 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 that son of a blah, blah, blah. He panicked when Trump got elected because the markets panicked that night. You and I went to bed probably at midnight Pacific time going, I wonder if the election's over. Who won? And Asian markets tanked and European markets tanked. And we woke up and we're like, oh, no, Trump won. That's horrible for the stock market. And my friend panicked. He wrote up a very, uh, it's the worst grammatically composed composition of market expectations that I've ever seen in my life. He was panicked. His way of life is heavily tied towards clients and keeping people in the market and doing financial planning. So he paid attention to the Washington headlines. And I walked in and I said, dude, because I call people dude. Dude. I should probably stop calling people dude, right? I call females dudettes. Dudette. I said, pay attention to the economy. Pay attention to valuations. Pay attention to the companies. Do I think people are going to stop buying Nikes because the president is impeached or not? No. I, I, I will say there's some long-term ramifications from it. I don't think Bill Clinton did us any favor in the world of political standing when he engaged in some egregious acts with a woman half his age who he's not married to. It doesn't do us political favor. It makes us look bad in the eyes of the world. Which down the road, maybe that we lose a, a, a deal for Boeing. Maybe we lose a deal for Google. And again, it's just that's long term. It's not short term. Same thing can be said for President Trump's impeachment or not impeachment. I don't think it's going to change the standing of Nike or Facebook in the short term. I don't think it's going to change the standing of Intel or Microsoft or Amazon. We may have a president who doesn't like being investigated, who doesn't want to be embarrassed, so he starts lashing out at his enemies, like Jeff Bezos from Amazon. But I don't think this, this process is going to... It's going to be bad if you're emotional. Or it could be bad if you're emotional. So what's my advice is, don't be emotional. Nike surges to all-time high after the company's earnings crushed it. Nike has improved its investment in direct-to-consumer strategies, paying off another nail in the coffin for things like um, sports locker. Retailers that are, are tied to the malls, tied towards brand names. It's not a good place to be right now. Nike stock surged to an all-time high. Shares jumped 6%, leading the market today on a day where Nike's looking over at Washington, D.C. and saying, impeachment, and it's, it's kind of flicking them off. It's like, we don't care about you. We design new high-tech sneakers. We design fashion-forward apparel. The global shift towards more active lifestyles continues to accelerate. 
opportunities ahead are bright as can, has ever been seen. Um, their women's line at Nike grew at a double-digit rate in the latest quarter. I wonder if that has anything to do with the women's national soccer team. So my next price target on, on Nike is $100. They crushed it. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show, and at newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Two years ago, I could have done a story on this airwaves that said something along the lines of Jewel is doing vaping flavored nicotine pods and teenagers are getting hooked on it. And that's a hell of a business model. <laughs> you get people hooked on your product. It's like, woohoo! it's like breaking Woo-hoo! bad. It's um, getting people hooked on your blue meth. The Kaiser Sose. No, no, no. Eisenberg, not Sose. Uh, they're mo- making Netflix is releasing a breaking bad movie. Like in two weeks. What? It's basically what happened in the aftermath of the season ender six years ago. Um, but two years ago, I could have done a story on e-cigarettes and, and told you, Jewel's the company. If I could invest in one company that like is getting kids addicted to nicotine, it would be Jewel. Um, it's been a rough 12 months. CBS, Warner Media, Viacom all pulling their ads. Health regulators in, in, in India instituted a wholesale ban on e-cigarettes. The merger of, or the remerger, what do you even say when a company breaks up and gets back together? Okay, so let's say you get divorced and you get remarried a second time to the same person. Huh. It's not the easiest term to come up with in corporate terms, right? But Philip Morris and Altria have called off their merger. Both those stocks are moving higher. One, Altria, that's the international cigarette company has a heated, warming tobacco product. I don't know enough about it. Whereas Philip Morris, that's the domestic cigarette company, has pushed their chips in me into investments like Juul. Whoops. Um, and, and Juul was saying some crazy stuff, like this is the best way to quit cigarettes. Whoa. Anyhow, anyway, I digress. 70% of workers are likely to quit at the current $7.25 federal minimum wage and brutal turnover cycle. One of the things you have to look at in companies is how happy employees are. Because when you fire someone, it costs money. And when you hire someone, it costs money to train them. Six million small businesses nationwide employ turnover is a brutal expense. Nearly one in three... That's 33% roughly of employees will no longer be at their current employer in one year from now who are making the federal minimum wage. That's a turnover rate that's high. That's one of the things you have to take a look at when you're investing in things like restaurants. What's their turnover rate? What's their average check size? So I think that's one area that America's got some problems. We've got a fairly young workforce who don't really have the skill sets to compete internationally. 
And I'll boil it down into one bad cliche that China and India produces smarter kids than we do. That their youth people under 30 are smarter than our youth people under 30. They're better educated. They're better at maths and sciences. And then we also have a workforce problem with our baby boomers where they're starting to retire into a system of Social Security and Medicare and Medi-Cal where costs are out of, have always been out of control. Um, so our workforce, young, that's not really able to step up and get the highest paying jobs and old starting to drain from the system. So the young not creating the tax base that we would like. It's going to be interesting in the next couple of years. Oh, boy. <laughs> this whole Greta Thunberg thing. I've decided not to ever talk about it again until I do. Um, she got some backlash for having Asperger's. <laughs> it's kind of interesting, to say the least. Um, she's also getting backlash because she appears to be pretty well coached by adults. And she appears to be a prop. And again, why are we even talking about this? Alibaba unveiled its first artificial intelligence chip as China pushes for its own semiconductor industry. I think that's the big story of the day. That's not really the big story of the day. Seven years from now, China is going to be so mad at us. Seven years removed or whatever years removed from Trump. They're going to say, you negotiated badly with us. Screw you. We're going to make our own technology. Alibaba just became very interesting to me. They're struggling internationally with slow down economically speaking they're struggling with the relationship with the united states but alibaba alibaba <laughs> oh good god no alibaba unveiled its first chip to power artificial intelligence processes called the hangwang 800 it can cut down the computing tasks that would take an hour to five minutes oh my 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 that's impressive Huawei has also unveiled its own AI chips, highlighting how China's technology giants are pushing the country's homegrown semiconductor industry. This scares me for Intel. This scares me for NVIDIA. It's not the end-all, be-all. But Alibaba unveiled its first chip to power artificial intelligence processes. And a lot like Apple, a couple years ago, Apple started making their own semiconductors for their phones. And everyone was like, well, why don't you just use... Intel's and they didn't like it. They they wanted the personalization. So the companies that do computer semiconductor design, I think they're going to be in high demand. I think the companies that make semiconductors in factories like Foxconn and Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing, um, Foxconn has got I'm not going to say a monopoly on manufacturing computer components or putting them together. When I say computer, I'm also talking about phones. But Taiwan Semiconductor is a massive company that can... You send them the blueprints, they'll make the semiconductors for you. So I think in seven years from now, we're going to see a, a different world market due to some of the bad will or ill will we've created today with our China-U.S. relations. Doesn't mean it doesn't mean I'm selling. It just means we're going to have to continue to revisit things because um, they'll take the business into their own hands. And I don't blame them. We would do the same thing. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.